This has been one hell of a week. So much to talk about. So much to talk about in so little time. The Movement of Color Podcast. Episode 44. On this episode of the Movement of Color Podcast, Byron and I are going to talk about the fascist insurrection that happened at the Capitol this last week. Also, hashtag force to vote. Oh shit, what happened there? A lefty bitch fest. My name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo. And, uh, you know, when you hear that music, we're gonna start some shit. Byron? Yes? I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. You gonna say it? I told you. I'm gonna. T- I, we told you, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I don't know why we it's why it's so. I. It's like, dude, we agreed on that on that episode. I remember. <laughs> we definitely agreed. So it's not this this energy or vitriol or whatever you feel is not directed at you, but it's directed <laughs> at the motherfuckers that listen to too much CNN, too much NPR, and they thought, oh. Now that Biden is the president-elect, Biden's going to be president, and Trump is just a sore loser. Uh, we had a fucking insurrection. Yeah, not the good kind, not the cool, like, left-wing, sans-culotte kind. It's, it's, it's the reactionary assholes of Thermidor kind. Yes. We had a fascistic insurrection on the Capitol, and... Um, this podcast, I'm just going to pound my chest uh, and just, you know, live up to how much we told you motherfuckers that this was going to happen. Pay attention to these <laughs> white people. They don't, they're not just going to disappear. Yeah, look, look, Disney's Pocahontas, for all its problems, ha- there's definitely one thing they were right, and it was when the chief came out and said, these white people are dangerous. <laughs> yes, listen to that man. <laughs> listen to that man. Uh, Powhatan, Powhatan, she's yes. Powhatan. <laughs> Look, it's been it's been uh, like literally like two decades since I've watched that fucking film. Like, give me a break. <laughs> I was a child, <laughs> but that part I remember. I vividly remember because like like ten years later when I was experiencing racism, I was like, that Native American dude on Pocahontas was right. White people are dangerous. <laughs> yep, especially when they're white people who feel they got something to lose. Oh shit! Yeah, the petite bourgeois, which is which is something we're gonna talk about later about the class analysis, like or at least the dog shit class analysis that's been coming out online about this. Which I mean, particularly with one from uh, Richard Wolf, who I was like pretty disappointed by. But again, we'll, we'll get to what? that later. Okay, yeah, we, we're gonna get to that sooner than later. Um, cause I'm on a usually Richard Wolf is like on point on some yeah. shit. I mean, no one's perfect, um, to be honest. That's true. We we probably we combed through all our episodes, and there were some things that were t- probably totally wrong on, and we will never ever tell you guys that. You just have to comb through it because we but, just say it and then we move on. <laughs> that's how we work. Exactly. Exactly. Or just like that's how the media works. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, but uh, obviously, at this point, I think like. Five people died and one dude committed suicide because 
he was so distraught about what his America has become, he blew his brains out. No, it's because, Which, like, he they like he knew the police were coming after him, and he was like, ah, fuck, my life is over. When, like, if the dude didn't kill himself, he probably would have been let off pretty easy, like, relatively easy. Yeah, yeah. Like, these guys are going to get, like, uh, a year at most. <laughs> knowing our justice system? And the people... Say that again? Uh, knowing our justice system, it, the guy's got to get, like, a 10 years maximum. And even then, that's, like, I don't know, depending on the judge, like, the judiciary is pretty much full of assholes who don't have to deal with, like, elections. So, like, you know, they, they're going to get let off with pretty easy, folks. I hate to say it. That's true. The system that was made true. for us, not them. It was made to punish exactly. us, not them. And, um, you know, the thing is, if you haven't figured that one out by now, like, I'm sorry. Like, it's one of those things where how do we, you know, you, I watch the news. I watch the mainstream news, and they're like, how did we get to this place? How did this happen? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, well, what, have you been paying attention for the last four years of a dog shit president who's um, a racist, which they're afraid of calling him a racist, I don't know why that was a thing, that they never called Trump a racist, even after Charlottesville and after the Muslim ban and after all that stuff, mainlining, mainstreaming white nationalism or like the global nationalist kind of line and xenophobia towards immigrants and people of color. This election where everybody who's like just a sniff of Democrat are now fucking socialists and try to red bait everybody. How do we not see this? Every the Antifa is the biggest fucking in, enemy of all time now on the right. Blah blah blah. How did you not see this coming? Well, and then he was saying that yeah, they were gonna steal the election. So how did you not see this coming? Well, that's that's the thing because like I've like I I've met a lot of these centrist liberals like in college. Because, like, you know, like, I, I, I'm, I raised up in, like, a poor, like, Latinx slash Vietnamese neighborhood. Um, but when I went to college, it's like, oh, these people are, like, middle class and white and, like, they're comfortable. Like, they don't have to worry about much about anything. Um, and I remember, I specifically remember this one professor. Uh, she, like, her whole thing is, like, uh, like, how people form their politics. That was, like, the thing she taught. And she was just the worst. Zero, well... She she clearly had an ideology, the ideology of like centrist liberalism, uh, but she was just like norms, norms. Everyone can get along, um, despite uh, despite our ideological differences. It's just a matter of understanding, um, you know. Like there, it's not like we have uh, completely contradictory material wants and needs, um, and the systems we've created as humans uh, actively make us compete against each other over labor and like race and like gender when we when we when they're artificially created um and she was just she was that she was like oh no things as long as we trust the system as long as we like uh you know uh talk and understand you know as long as we focus on nudity like we'll be fine and 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 she is like definitely the epitome of every fucking like 
white centrist lib I've ever talked to in my entire life. Just a total lack of understanding of just how serious every like all this is, like just how serious climate change is, and like how much we're gonna need to like we're gonna have to break a lot of those norms, to, like fix this shit. Um, you know, like it's it's just that it's they, they literally cannot comprehend it because they have lived in a world where yeah they have a racist grand like a racist uncle or whatever but like they're not black or brown or like indigenous or fucking like asian so like it doesn't really hit them personally it's just like oh that's kind of uncouth and then they move and then they keep having fucking thanksgiving with that racist uncle mm-hmm. yeah they don't have to deal with the, these fucking problems so it's not really real to them like it is to us and well, that's it. Racist. Yeah, so they don't have to pay attention that much. They can they can keep doing whatever the fuck they're doing while, like, fascism keeps growing in the fucking background. Or, like, they might notice it and say, oh, that's very gosh. But, like, like in terms of, like, oh, the norms, or, like, oh, he's he's saying the words he shouldn't be saying, how, you know, that's that's not very, you know, like, okay, but, like, not really understanding just how, like, really genuinely dangerous it is. And then... This shit happens. They, they, you know, the they storm the Capitol, uh, and fucking like kill a cop. Which I'm like, eh, let them fight. <laughs> so like, eh, <laughs> like let them fight. <laughs> um, but you know, like, you know, the guy tased himself in the balls until he died. That was funny. Uh, a few people got trampled. That one woman got shot. Which I'm like, eh, who cares? Uh, he was a weird QAnon incel. Like, there's a whole thing going on. Uh. You know, like, it's, 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 and then, again, like, if, if, it's one of the things where it's just, like, they just live different lives than us. They, they live, they live in just as much of a different reality as they claim the QAnon people do. Yes, you are 100% correct. And in that reality, which this is what I think partly is to blame for this bullshit, so in that reality, and let's talk about the elites, not even as much as the, the bullshit uh, middle class liberals who, you know, believe they're, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm a liberal. I'm progressive. And I watch CNN and listen to NPR and occasionally MSNBC. But I know MSNBC is kind of bullshit, but I watch it, you know. I'm not talking about, like, those without power, but they live in that social milieu. Those with the power, the politicians, and those who run multinational corporations that are of that milieu, those assholes, because they want to prove to their donors or their business partners how much... They love capitalism, but they just believe that, you know, maybe maybe women should probably get paid close to the same amount as men eventually. Or maybe, you know, there shouldn't be discrimination on race. That doesn't seem really nice. But the market can handle that because the market's, you know, omnipotent and powerful and, you know, strong and uh, paternalistic and all the other bullshit that they put on something that's really just siphon shit for people who have money. But I went on a little tangent there. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. But so these assholes 
but through their politicians, through um, their control over Amazon and Facebook and whatnot. They punch left. They marginalize anti-capitalist voices. They marginalize uh, the people who actually saw this threat, this far-right, fascistic uh, movement grow, and whose voice says, we need to do something about it. They marginalize that so that there are, they can kiss ass to their rich motherfucker you know, donors or boyfriends or whatever the fuck they call them. It's like, we're not, we're not leftists. We love capitalism. And we want to hang out with you guys. We want to work across the aisle with you. When the whole time, those dudes that they're trying to impress, and they're dudes mainly, um, they're already fascistic in thinking. And it's about power and their power. And they want more, more, more. This ravenous desire for more money and wealth and influence of power and sex. Um, that they just kind of fucking give the play into their game, and the whole and it just fucks up the whole system. No matter how democratic or undemocratic the whole fucking system is. So sorry, I, I think I that's I'm gonna cut that off. I was getting a little dark there. But, <laughs> I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but still. <laughs> So, like, yeah, it, I just look at the media landscape and then how corporations manipulate that and how the power game happens with the more progressive voices in Washington and how they are continually marginalized. It's um, to not to be to not to predict this moment, you'd have to be blind and to not understand it you have to be completely up your own ass yeah a hundred percent so yeah that, that's there's i mean we can continue on this one specific like subtopic for a while but i think it's for the sake of time it's time to move on to the the takes folks the uh, you know we're all on twitter some of us are on facebook which my god why uh, you know, we're on Instagram, uh, TikTok for, for you Zoomers out there, um, uh, for, for the youth, uh, it, and boy, howdy, are there some fucking takes that some people are putting out there. Uh, you know, I mean, there's like the usual class reductionists, like we're like Nazbol adjacent crowd who are like, oh, these, these are, these are the oppressed uh, work white working class who have seen their like uh, wages and living standards go down continuously, um, and 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 now they've come back because uh, socialists uh, talk about race and ask them not to be racist. <laughs> oh, those assholes! Yeah, like oh, get... the 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 moment uh, the the pronouns they them were uttered, these people just got red in the face and just became Nazis. Yeah. That's how that works, right? Uh, it's, it's exactly how that works. And it's sad because, like, you're like, okay, your class analysis of, like, okay, these white people are fucked. And that's, they found someone that they want to go to. Not wrong. But then when you try to put blame on shit, ugh, I don't know. Fuck those guys. What else we got? 
Uh, we have, I mean, like that, that, that's more of like the, like, uh, oh, like the class reductionist, but then there's just like the class assessed people who it's like, oh, we need to talk more about class, but like, they're not necessarily like super racist. Uh, they're just like kind of misguided, I think. Um, but they mean well, like, like, like that's the Richard Wolf where it's like, okay, like this is, this is a class issue. Well, again, he's not wrong on that specific point, but. Uh, this is the, you know, this is what happens when you lower the working class, all that kind of stuff, but they don't like turn around and then say, we need to get more racist. Like, that's not what they're saying. Um, like they're, they're more than fine with anti-racism, anti-racism. Uh, they're more than fine with that, but it's wrong in the pure, like factual sense. Like these, these people aren't like the people, the crowd that was there are not working class at least not that we the, the general understanding of working class they are petite bourgeois or just outright bourgeois like they're they're, they're capitalists of some degree um like it because because people just see it and they like oh there's like trucks and they wear a lot of denim and and they have beards and like you know they kind of scruffy looking and you know and they speak with accents that aren't like from the coasts and like oh that must they must be white rural working class poor. Um, but then the immediate question goes, well, then how the fuck did they get to DC? <laughs> like, yeah. like how, how did they get to DC? Like, uh, do you know how expensive like tickets? Like hell, even like, you know, how, how expensive fucking, uh, plane tickets are, how, how expensive train tickets are. Like, do you just drop your life, uh, immediately just go there? Um, like, has, and has nobody, like, been online and seen, like, the videos of, like, people on fucking, like, uh, chartered jets, uh, people who, like, basically paid for, like, entire buses, uh, because they all just have the money to do that, um, did no one see that one video of, like, those two guys who were, like, talking shit, it's like, oh, like, we're the owners, we're the business owners, as if that would give them, like, more legitimacy, <laughs> because in their heads, mm. like, being a business owner makes you more of a person than not, right? Because uh, you provide <laughs> jobs. <laughs> but, like, it's it, it, like, it's an analysis that the moment you actually start looking into it, like, the people who are there, the people who keep getting arrested, um, it's like, oh, they're like the son of a fucking judge, <laughs> like a county judge or a business owner or, like, some, like, uh, higher-end white-collar worker uh, it's, it's all that shit because again, you, you can just look to, uh, you know, historical like readings about fascism from the left. And it's like, yeah, no, the, uh, like fascism's base isn't like the, like, you know, the, the, the white working class, it's the middle class. They have the most to lose and they're being squeezed on from one end by the capitalists by the full capitalist and then the other end by the workers that they employ or exploit. Um, and like, they're looking to, you know, and they look to fascism as a way to like create this kind of grand bargain for themselves. You know, on top of maintaining like the benefits of whiteness, uh, and like, uh, kind of reinstilling tradition because like stability is like the the middle class's bread and butter. Like they want things to be stable, they want things to like m- just keep going forever because they're in a they're in a comfortable life. 
They they've had the things they want, and if they have like, and if they give it up for a shit, they can, I don't know, like they, they can imagine themselves as millionaires in the future. So, yeah, yeah, they'll get that golden ticket one day. One day, and to be honest, like their business owners are already halfway there. Yeah. Fuck bags. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's so again, like that whole it, it, that that take. Uh, those two variants of, of one take, basically, uh, just don't work. The moment you, like, go online and, like, see who these people are, when you look up, like, okay, who's been arrested and, like, what's their deal is, you know? So, and, yeah, you had the whole spectrum. I remember seeing there was, like, an Olympic swimmer. You had a bunch of politicians, obviously. Real estate agents, fucking cops, which is something we're going to talk about later. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a menagerie of motherfuckers who had money. Um, it was never like the construction worker. It was a construction worker manager. Um, yeah, the people who that live in those, who like basically live in those offices, in like in those like uh, mobile offices on site, they don't actually lift anything. <laughs> no, they answer the phone every once in a while. They're like, "Ah, oh, I'm busy. Leave me fuck alone." And yeah, those assholes. So this coup. My question is now that this insurrection has happened. Where where where's it gonna go next? Because it's definitely gonna be a next. I, I mean, think... the the next is like the next like the next three days. <laughs> we're, we're recording yes. this on the seventeenth, just to date this, just to heavily date this episode. But uh, you know, like there there's a bunch of planned marches. Uh, some of them armed. Um, and there's this one particular one that's being organized where it's like gonna be all fifty state capitals uh, uh, and DC. That are going to be armed, but like, it's I, I kind of compare it to uh, you know nineteen sixty in uh, in like Mexico City when that uh, uh, there was this huge student protest you know from the left wing not the right, and the government was like well okay and then they just started shooting them and like sinking what are basically like uh, paramilitaries uh, to like you know basically kill everybody everyone they can find. Um, and then the next day, like, like the organizers tried to rally and like do another march, and like no one just no one showed up because the state, you know, they got punched. The state got punched, like sucker punched in the face, and they were kind of cut off guard. But then the state punches back. The state doesn't. It does, it's not a knockout blow. It, it's it's gonna hit back, and when it hits, it fucking hits, uh, like a fucking brick wall. Um, and I think there's a good chance that's go. That's what's gonna happen. Uh, all these people showed up thinking, oh, we're like, you know, uh, there's that famous uh, uh, quote that came up in one of the videos where it's like, why are the police like hitting us? They're supposed to shoot at BLM, not us. (laughs) Like they they went in with that expectation and they they were kind of basically right for the most part. They were mostly, but mostly right. Uh, The police like, could have just shot pepper balls into the whole lot of them. They all would have run away because um, they're just not used to protesting or or facing serious police reprisals. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, they did it, and then the state strikes back. And people are getting arrested. People are getting onto no-fly lists. Uh, folks are kind of having their lives ruined. Um, and, you know, the president basically turned on them on live television. Uh, you know, they can try to rationalize it. Most, most of them probably will try with the whole QAnon conspiracy shit. But a lot of them, kind of like, Charlotte's after, uh, like after Charlottesville, like a lot of them are going to get off the train. A lot of them have like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. This isn't like this is actually a serious threat to me um, because again, these people have stuff to lose. Um, that's why they're involved with this to begin with. Like, and they're afraid of losing it. And like, I think as a unless they're able to like ra- unless they're able to get like a second wind, I think they're gonna dissolve. But they're gonna be reduced to the hardliners. The hardcore fuckers. Like, the guys who are going around with zip ties looking to publicly execute people. Uh, The people who, like, knew the floor plan beforehand and were trying to find specific people to do something. Uh, The folks who were, like, willing to fucking die. Like, who basically saw a cop point a gun, like, a loaded gun at them and try to climb through a window... No, and like again, posting that that night before, uh, that woman who died, she posted like, "Yeah, I, I might fucking die, but I'm willing to do that." It's those fuckers who you gotta worry about, because um, they're the people who become like insurgents. <laughs> yes, yes, and they're coming, they're coming, and when, if Trump leaves office, um, they'll still be here. Yeah, they're not going away. Like that, th- this is open a Pandora's box. Where, you know, they, the, the, these, like, again, they're, I, I wouldn't call them fascists outright, because I don't think they know what the fuck, uh, I don't think they've read, like, uh, you know, Sorrel or, or fucking, uh, Mussolini or, like, Mein Kampf or whatever, or, like, mm-hmm. um, or any of that, sh- or, like, Evola. I don't think they've, like, under, like, understand the ideology or even to subscribe to it, but... They are going underground, and when you go underground, the most extreme elements are the ones who usually take over, because they're the ones who have the experience. They're the ones who have the who have the ideological drive, and it's already happening. Like when you saw Parlor go down, um, a lot of folks are freaking the fuck out. It's like, oh shit! Like they're shutting us down, and then a lot of them were like, okay, well fuck this then. Like I'm going back to my life. Uh, I'm gonna gonna keep keep being a racist asshole, but like I'm I am gonna go back to my life. But a few of them uh, were like, "Well, okay, well, like, where do we go now?" And they went to like uh, white supremacist dominated spaces. It's not a place where there's a lot of white supremacists. It's a place that is run by white supremacists and propagates <laughs> their ideas, and they're gonna get further radicalized. Uh, I mean, they were already willing to storm the Capitol. Like, imagine what they're willing to do. What they're willing to do now, um, and yeah, it's 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 gonna just like last time. It's gonna get worse because that's all this. Because because again, we live in a dying empire. Like things are just gonna keep crumbling, um, and it's the the police repression is going to mount up. Like it's it's that's just how it is. 
Yeah, yeah. So we we got a wild ride ahead of us. Um, yeah. You know, and the thing is, people in their you know blue states, you're not safe. Yeah, California has a lot of like uh, hell. Like it's not even like a oh like I live in a city, so it's fine. Like, bruh, cities are surrounded by suburbs where like the white middle class pros like it's fucking based in. Like again, I live in Orange County, like. Like Huntington Beach, one of the most racist fucking cities that I've ever known, uh, is like right there. <laughs> like it's a couple of cities over. Like we're all one continuous body at this point. Um, it's you know I, I live next to Clanaheim. <laughs> uh, it's it's <clears throat> it's you'd be surprised. <clears throat> you know I, I hope that people know by now. It's it's not like. Country bumpkins. That th- that's not the base of fascism. The base of fascism is white collar, white middle class, and they are your fucking neighbors. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Happy New Year. <laughs> so well, we're only seventeen days into twenty twenty one, and we've <laughs> it already feels like we lived through twenty twenty again. Yeah. Yep. 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 And it's gonna. We got obviously we're gonna do our job to keep people posted of our thoughts and opinions and things to watch out on. But uh, again, we told you so. Yeah. So I think before we wrap up, there is one little segment we need to talk about, and that's the state themselves, the state itself, mainly through its uh, violent appendages, the cops and the military. Alright. So, it, it has come out that there's been a not insignificant number. I'm trying to sound smart. <laughs> I'm trying to sound white. Um, <laughs> yeah. a, a not insignificant number of cops and uh, former and current military uh, in, the, in that crowd that stormed the Capitol. Uh, and, uh, just like everything else, we fucking told, like, yeah, obviously. Like, it's, it's, I mean, by now, again, we hope you you know, but it's the fucking cops. It is a inherently reactionary, uh, like, institution that through self-selection and its own internal culture and, uh, like, material relationship with the community, like, naturally lends itself towards reactionary thought and that reactionary ideology. Like, I remember seeing this one statistic uh, that's like exit poll in Greece where, uh, you know, like they found out that like, oh, 50 percent of cops voted for like uh, Golden Dawn, the openly fascist neo-Nazi party of Greece. <laughs> oh, that's a problem. <laughs> and, and then you, you, you got to wonder why it's because, well, like fascists are obsessed with law and order. You know, some of them genuinely, some of them not so much. Uh you know, and, you know, that's something that Mussolini kind of realized. Again, I'm getting this from, uh, Rich, Rich Evans did his, is doing his really good miniseries called Behind the Insurrection. Yes. Uh, look it up. Uh, but like he, when he did research and he found out like, oh, Mussolini like found out how he took over so quickly was work with the state, work with the police. Don't, don't try to fight the police and the leftists. It's not going to work out. That that the idea of like the two front war 
is how we lose wars. <laughs> just yeah. ask, just ask the central powers. <laughs> ask Hitler and Axis powers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't. It, it's it forces you to divide your forces, and that's generally how you lose. Um, and it, you know, and it's the fucking state. It's like the big monolith that has probably the biggest advantage out of all of the groups you're going to be fighting. So, like, don't fight them. Join them. Like, you you join the police. You, you infiltrate the police. You know, infiltrate, quote-unquote, when really mm-hmm. it's like you're, you're just recruiting outright. Um, you know, you, you get the police on your side. You get the military on your side. Uh, you get, react- cons- you know, traditional conservatives on your side. You get, like, weird religious weirdos on your side. Um, you get the rich on your side. And then you're done. Like, you have all the levers of power... Uh, or at least all the traditional levels of power, then you basically can do your coup or do your Reichstag fire or whatever, and then you and then you basically win um, until someone else comes and knocks you over. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a classic playbook, and you don't have to be a, a historian but, to understand that, but because we've all feel it, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is, is that like all things. Uh, like all things that like we're reliving history, but a dumber version of it every single time. Uh, I think we're on like the 13th cycle or some shit because things are getting pretty dumb. Uh, our, our, this like group of fascists are incredible fucking idiots where like, uh, you know, like they, they could have easily have just kept going. Cause like the, the, you know, uh, there was a good number of fascists who were like, okay, well we'll work within the Republican party. We'll, we'll get, we'll get an air legitimacy. Um, and, like, immunity from state violence uh, by working with the state, and then you just do that. I mean, they're already doing that. I mean, you just look at the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But I think they... They... Well, or at least a group of fascists fucked up. And they did the storming of the Capitol, and they, they, they blew their load too early. Uh, you know, they, they, they fucked up, they pulled the souffle out, and now it's deflated... Because they did not have as much support as they think they had. Um, they were not as coordinated as they probably should have been. Um, they did not have people in the right places. Trump was not the leader they thought he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they, they think he's a fucking genius, but he's a fucking dumbass. Um, who, like, only thinks about himself. Uh, you know, he's, he's not a competent fascist. That's why he's not a fascist. Because he's not smart enough to even know what the fuck that is. Um well- I'll push back on that, but I get your point. I don't want to derail your train of thought. Yeah. Um, like, he doesn't subscribe to fascism as an ideology. He just... He's just a self-centered asshole. That's that's it. <laughs> um, he just has a short temper. So, it, But it gives the illusion of, of some sort of orchestrated fascism. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, like, they, they, they stormed the Capitol, they fucked around, and, like, a couple of them kind of knew what they were doing, but most, the vast majority of them did not. They were just kind of fucking around. And then the state was like, oh, this is a problem. You're not on our side. Now you're gonna die. <laughs> um, and uh, state repression for everybody. <laughs> you, you, you get arrested, and you get arrested, and you get arrested, because you kind of broke that unspoken truce with the government you had. Because you're fucking idiots, and you can't, like, do any strategic thinking. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with you all on 98% of that. Like, 
it was totally underorganized. These ass clowns just went in. And, like, you know what? They might have even had even more success if, if they just decided to stay and just occupied it. With that guns. was the plan. That was originally the plan, but then the police came in uh, along with the National Guard and were like, no, you're not staying anywhere. Um, and they did what the police do. Like, they used tear gas. They beat the shit out of people. Like, they hit them with shields. You know, something you would see in every day in Portland. Yeah, but, I mean, they needed to stay. They needed to die. Oh, yeah, they no, but, the, to, yeah. but no, they, again, they have stuff, they have things to lose. They're, this group of people were made up of people who were not as ideologically committed to to that goal um, as the hardliners were. They were just kind of tourists, basically. They were there for a while, then they were going to go home and show fr- their friends all their pictures about by the time they stormed the Capitol, you know, and they go on with their lives. At least that's what they thought. They weren't. They they weren't seriously gonna actually go there and like die for Trump. You know, I mean they like Trump. They they love them to death, but not their death. <laughs> well, for the sake of rock and roll and time, <laughs> I think that's a great quote to end our discussion on. Besides the fact we told you so. Yeah, we we, we told you so. <laughs> we don't like again. We 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 keep predicting these things. Uh, not because we're like these grand, like wise old men, but like, no, it's because we just like we know what America is. Like we we've seen its worst, and we know the worst is growing. <laughs> it's getting worse every day, and it's like increasing in size. <laughs> ask, exactly. ask any a, any any poor uh, person of color. And they'll probably tell you the same. It's like, oh yeah, no, like yeah. Have you ever have you been to Anaheim? Have you been to Huntington Beach? Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> hey Byron. Yeah, Brandon. Hashtag forced to vote. No, no, no. Look, that this 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 was a thing that happened on Twitter. I didn't give a shit, and now it's passed. No, please don't bring it back up. <laughs> We've all oh, made a solemn oath. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up. Like that. <laughs> and I'm gonna bring it up for three reasons. As I hold up two fingers. But <laughs> I'm gonna give you three reasons. One, it was important to um when you're dealing with electoralism, you want to get people on the record stating what they stand for, whether it has a chance to pass or not, that you want a vote on Medicare for all. Number two, um, I think what it did, it brought up the fissures in the Democratic Party and particularly leftist organizations that, to me, are a little too comfortable with the Democratic Party. And number three, um, I really don't like ad hominem attacks towards people when they're trying when they make a legitimate argument. Like it's one thing someone be a dick, and I'm talking about Jimmy Dore being a fucking <laughs> yeah, dick. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think by now everyone knows you're talking about Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's a dick. Okay, fine, cool. You know what? 
I've been accused of being a dick sometimes, but never as big of a dick as Jimmy Dore. But anyway, what he was arguing in his perspective and point, I think in some ways would make a strong strategy and tactically well. Now, granted, I'm going to say because the DSA got tied up into all this bullshit, that's not the organization that's actually going to make it happen. Um, just structurally cannot happen that way. But um, all the Twitterverse and all the tweets and all the bullshit, um, it really it really made me feel disappointed because I thought a lot of people, a lot of people who are our friends, still are, they disappointed me. I'm like, how can you be so fucking stupid? And that's why I want to bring up um, this whole blip that happened on Twitter that now I think everybody's forgotten about because oh, yeah. it's it's a know. Twitter news cycle. It's it's not it's it's not a twenty four hour news cycle. It's like a twelve hour cycle. Yeah, we got to move on. We got to talk about Bean Dad. <laughs> we got to talk about the Capitol storming. We got to talk about uh, I don't know. I, I think for a while, I think the, the latest thing yesterday was uh reactionaries freaking out about Abby Shapiro maybe getting a breast reduction when real sh- when she was really just getting like a lump removed. That's a thing. Oh, oh yeah, that was a thing like yesterday, like yesterday around like yes, like yesterday around the afternoon on Twitter. But again, we've already moved on. It's that quick. Okay. okay well, I I never heard that. I didn't catch that one. I I blinked. Um, I'm just It's good you did. It, it was it was yeah. dumb and stupid and who gives a shit? Yeah, who gives a shit? And anything I can say from this point on will be completely inappropriate. So, done. Um, but, uh, Byron, you gotta, you gotta help me out here. Don't be silent. I'm sorry. I, was, I, I thought you were going, I thought, I thought like you had a point. Like, I thought you had a point to make or like something. No, no, I just don't want to talk about some chick's breast reduction. No, well, um, I, I, I was, I was doing that. Be, to, to facilitate the point that, like, the fact you didn't hear about it says just how fast this shit works. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Now I'm, I'm back on. I'm back on track. Thank you. Sorry. Um. So yeah, the shit works super fast, and maybe is irrelevant, but I want to kind of discuss a little bit about all right. The organization that we're a part of or affiliated with, um, the Democratic Socialists of America, um, and the role that a lot of their uh, media people, particularly through like Jacobin and whatnot, uh, took on this position of like, okay, let's try to get this, encourage the squad to vote against Nancy Pelosi unless she, you know, promises a vote on Medicare for all in the House. Um, A lot of these people started, yeah, mimicking Democratic Party talking points about, oh, well, you want to wind up with a Republican House speaker, which is not true. That's not how their voting works like that. Um, Oh, well, that's... You know, they're trying to play the inside game. If you don't understand that, you know, maybe you should shut the fuck up. 
which no, no one should just shut the fuck up because they don't understand something. And actually, why are you condoning the inside game? Democracy is about transparency and uh, all that kind of bullshit that is not in this country. But we like to believe. Um, and I just, as I'm watching this, and as I am, I am aware that force the votes actually was a DSA strategy. If you actually read some of that Medicare for All shit that I have tons in my basement because they always push on me to push out. And I'm like, I can't, I don't see that many people, particularly in COVID times now. Um, but I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm really just, you can't get too tied into the fucking Democratic Party because these assholes and the way that this, this party is structured is only where left movements go to die or get marginalized or get co-opted. And my point is, before the squad and AOC, everybody's like, oh, there hasn't really been any leftist members in Congress for like since, like I don't know, the 19-teens, the 1920s. And that's not fucking true. Because, like, John Conyers, if you remember him, who fucking died recently, um, that motherfucker was in the House for, like, 30 years, and he considered himself a fucking communist. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Yeah, all the Panthers that were kind of like, all right, this uh, Black Panther thing has gone, you know, sideways. I'm going to get into politics. What about those motherfuckers? They played the inside game. So now you got like just basically like, I don't know, just you can reliably count on Bobby Rush from Chicago, a former Black Panther, voting the party line. But they were voted in there to change fucking Washington. I mean, yeah, just just look at, I mean, I, I remember like the kind of the best example of this I could I really get to people, if only for name recognition, because I, I think for Chicago, that's like, if you're from Chicago and you pay any attention to politics, you probably know that name, like 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 Lou Correa here in here in Orange County, but like nationally, if you're just talking to like anybody anybody off the street, Obama is the perfect example. Dude was like an activist, uh, you know, a law like a progressive law student, and then just over time, as he got further up the ladder. Just got absorbed into the blob, and then he just loved the blob. He he, he he's yeah. Him and the blob were you couldn't tell what was him, what was the blob. Exactly, it was this weird synchronistic orgy sixty nine of Obama and this amorphous blob. It's like the thing <laughs> you just get dissolved yeah. into into it. Exactly. And, like, honestly, the whole force to vote thing, I think, is kind of pushback from not so, I'm going to say the people, but more so kind of media activists to avoid that happening with the squad. Because it could barely, because unless they came in, like, the squad was like 50, 60, you know, House members strong, and they all came in at the same time or within four years of each other. Yeah, they go from squad to platoon to battalion. (laughs) 
Exactly. That's a military exactly. joke for for those of you who uh, who who know about that. <laughs> you upgrade in in size, but until they got to that point, like you know, they're susceptible to that same sucking sound, which is the Democratic Party and uh, drawing the, the party line. And um, I felt like many people, particularly the older folks in DSA, didn't quite see that, even though they've lived through that shit like countless, countless fucking times. Like, you would D- think they would do better? DSA, like... Like AOC and, and like Ilhan Omar or whatever, uh, Rashid Tlaib, like they're not the first DSA members in Congress. We've had others before, and then they like they 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 won as DSA members, and then they left. <laughs> they they like just got absorbed into the, into the Democratic Party. It's happened before. Yeah, and it, it will happen again. Who's gonna fall? You know, it's probably the one who got the most to gain. You know, I I would like to believe that, you know, these folks, you know, they're really guided by their, like, some sense of integrity. But at the same time, you know, they're also in politics. Um, yeah, the, there are compromises that made. Yeah, the, the, the very structure of the American electoral and political system requires you to constantly compromise on everything. And that's just like, oh, like the occasional compromise. I mean like compromise on like the core values that you that you have. It requires it. Not not just to like get things passed, but like just to get like in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And um I feel as though in all of this big picture a force to vote, whatever. That time's passed. That movement's passed. It's stupid. Now it's no one's gonna remember this shit. You know, twenty years from now, Jimmy Dore, the, Jimmy Dore will remember it. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's he's a kind of a petty motherfucker. But I think for you know a righteous reason because he was right in the situation. Um, but he can't make friends. And the organizations in which he, from the outside, are trying to pressure to pressure their people to, you know, make this a thing. Um, DSA structurally does not work like that. Or um, should it? Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Um, I remember a couple years ago, and by a couple years ago, like two years ago, uh, if you were trying to <laughs> well, do... if you think about it, uh, if you think about it, uh, though, 20, 2018, 2019, that, that, that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> it really was. It really was. It's, it's, it's such a distant, distant memory. But as I dust that memory off, I remember the ass clowns that were in National were like, oh, you want to build dual power and whatnot. What does it have to do with our, you know, our mission of Medicare for all, promoting our national campaign. And I said, well, you know, eat a bag of dicks. Um, It has nothing to do with that. And um, I'm not in some fucking Marxist-Leninist organization where I have to fucking tow 
the party line. So kiss my ass. And then I proceeded to get marginalized. But that's, you know, that's neither here or there. That's just, I knew that was probably going to happen when you take that line of kiss my ass, you know. But uh, fortunately, the structure of DSA doesn't allow for that kind of discipline. And um, even if it did, I think a lot of the members would see through that, oh, all your campaigns are just a ploy for membership and money, just like, a, like another uh, nonprofit. Uh, they don't care about Medicare for all, but they care about the fact that you have to fight for Medicare for all because there's enough people who believe in Medicare for all that might be rubes to join the organization. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I, I think we should be specific. We're talking specifically about the national organization, which is kind of a shit show. It's known to everybody in New York who's been here for like longer than three months, or who's been active for long, like active organizing for longer than three months. It's kind of a shit show. Um, like any organization has like, you know, eighty five thousand members or whatever. But like. I mean, that, that, to be honest, like, the only reason I'm still in DSA is, or, well, one, the reason I joined DSA to begin with, and then I'm still in, in it, despite everything, because Nashville can't tell us shit. Like, like we, look, here in Orange County, we're, like, a lot of us are just anarchists, and, like, even the electoral people are like, yeah, like, politicians are, like, inherently evil and bad. Like, we know that. <laughs> um, like, we're, even if they're on, you know, quote-unquote our side, so, like, even the electoralists are cool. <laughs> um... And, you know, like, we, we do our own shit. Like, we have our, all like, our, like, multiple mutual aid things going on. We have our fucking solidarity fund to help the community. We have um, bail funds. We have fucking uh, food distribution programs. We have fucking food not bombs. We have, like, uh, community organizing stuff going on. Like, we're doing our own shit. None of it's electoral. None of it's Medicare for all. And, like, fo like folks are fine with that. It's like, yeah, like, we don't have to like we're, we're focusing more on local shit because that's how like we really put out socialism socialism not like social democracy as socialism um yes. and you know what like national keeps fucking uh like trying to like uh talk to us and it's like hey make it for all and it's like well i'll pitch it and i pitch it and, like everyone's like no we already got other stuff going on <laughs> and like we don't really care or, like, they, you know, they care about it for all, but they're not, like, you know, willing to divert even more of their time to that. So it's like, well, I'll, well I just go back to Nashville. It's like, well, we can't force anybody to do anything that they don't want to do, which, you know, good. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> and, like, Nashville, like, just fuck off. <laughs> they can't make yeah. us do shit <laughs> as individuals or as chapters. And it's like, yeah, good. We need to keep that. <laughs> That's That's fucking great, because, like, shit isn't the same in Orange County as it is in fucking, like, New York City or whatever. Yeah, and and the thing is, bringing up that regional difference, so National has its ideas, but even on the ground in New York City, like, 
I don't see, not when I was there, last time I was in New York City, I didn't see this big movement of Medicare for all. The only time I ever seen it start is when like a, a political candidate was running for office. And they kind of had some DSA love. So that kind of came out. But yeah, I feel like this is such a disconnect um, in all of its branches from this whole thing. And I think it's a good thing. Um, but people like Jimmy Dore doesn't fucking realize that. Oh, yeah. And, and and I think that's kind of to get to my grievances with the whole Medicare for All thing, which, again, my official <laughs> position, I, I, I think I might have mentioned it on, tw- on my Twitter account, but I was like, I don't give a fuck. It's all electoralism. Who gives a fuck? Like, this isn't how we do change in any real capacity. Um, this is not how we get socialism. But the... This does bring, like, you bring up a good point about the disconnect between media, like, activists or, you know, media people on the left in general and actual movements. Whether it's, you know, uh, like, a more, you know, broader movement that doesn't really have any overarching organization or, like, DSA where they're, like, there are organizations and we all affiliate with each other and stuff. And we have, like, a national organization and shit. Is that, like... There is such a huge disconnect that I've noticed. Again, it's, it's not all media people. Um, and it's not unique to media people. But it's a trend I see. And I can't not notice. Where, you know, like Jimmy Dore says, do Medicare for all and, 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 do, and do the force to vote. While, like, my immediate question is, okay, like, you know, DSA needs to do this. DSA needs to do that. It's like, well, okay, are you a DSA member? When's the last time you've been to a chapter meeting? Uh, do you know who your local organizers are? Um, have you pitched the idea to them, like, as at the chapter level? Because that's where things happen. You know that, right? Um, you know, do you... Uh, have you talked to other DS members to get, a, to get a committee going and to see if you can uh, do something on a local level? Because that's where things actually get fucking done. Um you know, like, have you done any of these things? And it's like, you know, th- either they don't reply to you because they, the answer is no, or they just, or, there's, or, they're, they're, or they're honest and they say no. In which case you tell them, we'll do those things and then come back to me. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a pain in the fucking ass. Like, you know, I, I've been organizing for three years. Well, I, I've been organizing with DSA for three years now. Um, and you probably, and you've been doing it for longer, but it's, so I don't know how you feel about that particular, like if you have that similar grievance, but this kind of sense of, of, of entitlement to other people's labor and time um, hmm. that really pisses me off where it's like, oh, do this. And it's like, well, uh, I'm already doing like five other things <laughs> and I have a life and I have work. So I don't know what you want me to do besides just take on even more work. Um, have you considered doing the thing? You know, like if you organize something, I'm more than happy to you know help them in, in, in any in that way. Like, but it's you know they usually end it there because they don't get the thing they immediately want and they leave. Which I'm like, yeah, sayonara, good, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Like you, you are not a person I would want in the organization. Like, I I won't feel comfortable with you in the organization because you would just sit around and tell people to do stuff. Yeah, it's like bitch fuck and off. Mo. 
yeah, bitch, bitch and moan that other people aren't doing something while they, like, just tweet all fucking day. Like, fuck you. Like, don't stop posting and do something. <laughs> you can organize during COVID. Like, we we're doing it. Like, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, so that that applies up and down the spectrum of from media people to people who are just trying to grift to just people who actually generally maybe wanted to be a part of the organization, but uh, they had that capitalist mindset or this hierarchical mindset is like, these people need to do this. I have a great idea. They're, I don't they're see idea them guys. Them. They're fucking idea yeah. guys. Exactly. And they're almost always guys. Um, but yeah, it's, they suck. I, I hate them. Well, I shouldn't say I hate them. That's too strong of a word. But I'm really displeased when I have to work with folks who bitch and moan but don't either take the lead or participate. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and and that's and yeah, and, and it's it's not just media folks, um, but like, you know, like especially when it comes to organizations that you're not like, if you're not even a member of the organization, like, fuck off, like we have you have no right to talk to us about fucking anything. Fuck off, like, you 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 can't even bother to like do any like officially associate with us, and then you're telling us what to fucking do, like, no. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, we don't know in, in the particular if Jimmy Dore is a member or not. Um, he could be a paper member. Um, there are a couple paper members out there that are famous motherfuckers uh, that most people have no fucking clue. And we don't really... National does a shitty job of leveraging those relationships because really i think a lot of those people they're like oh well i don't have the time maybe to do this but here's a check you know or yeah we can use this but there's no real strength in national organization to even capitalize on that but like i i i i will give one exception to la like la has a few famous people uh like celebrities mm -hmm. uh probably one of the biggest ones rob delaney um like he's a dsm member like um I don't know if he goes to meetings or whatever, but what he does, he doesn't tell DSA what to do. What he does is, hey, join DSA. Like, he does that kind of post every once in a mm -hmm. while. But, like, he also does, like, hey, DSA Los Angeles is working on this cool campaign. Like, you should get involved. Like, that kind of shit. He doesn't, he doesn't turn around and tell DSA LA what to do. I, I, you know, because, like, he understands, like, yeah, like, he's just one guy at the end of the day. Like he's just because he's famous doesn't mean he should have more power in the organization, um, which you know I, I do respect him for that. He hasn't tried to pull that bullshit, at least that I know of, um, and he doesn't try to dictate terms, yeah. <laughs> like an like like or at least dictate terms in such a way where it's like uh, you need to do this and this and this and like you know and be the idea guy. He's not an idea. Yeah, guy. and that's nice. And. I, uh... 
And that's, yeah, it's cool. It's like, yeah, Rob Delaney. Be more like Rob Delaney. Don't be like uh, Jimmy Dore. I, I'm also going to say this brings up your regionalism. Um, I just Googled uh, Rob Delaney because I didn't know who the fuck he was. And then I see his face. And I look, oh, I kind of maybe know who the fuck he was. He was in Deadpool. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't watch Deadpool. But oh, that's maybe that's why. Good. I'm like, who the fuck is Rob Delaney? He's in Deadpool 2, to be exact. Okay. And, and he's not Deadpool? No, he, he was like this kind of bit character that was around for a couple scenes. He was very funny. Okay, okay. So he's like a working actor that's like, you know, L.A. famous. So, okay, cool, whatever. Um, he's from Boston, cool. Be like Rob Delaney. Um but yeah, as you were saying, sorry, I, I totally just threw you off. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go ahead. Like, celeb- there's a place for the celebrity, um, comedian, activist. And there always was, in every movement. Um, the new left had them. You know, you go back to like, you know... Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda in that era and the yippies. Marlon Brando, surprisingly. Yeah, Marlon Brando. And he actually kind of stayed a little lefty for most of his career. He just became a weirdo. Um, yeah. Well, that happens. You know? Yeah. Um, even for a while, weirdly enough, um, uh, Moses. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, the guy who played Moses. Charles Heston. Yeah, Char- Charles Heston. Yeah, Charlton Heston. Yeah, he was like a pretty, a pretty like progressive dude, and then I think it was around Nixon or Reagan where he just, holy shit, did he do a one eighty? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we want to go to the era before that. Let's go two eras before that. That's when you got like okay, Charlie Chaplin, and you get into like uh, Woody Guthrie and all those folk singers, and you know, so they were always there. Um, very few of them wrote theory. Very few of them, um, came up with a canvassing scheme or, you know, they might have door knocked and did some, um, war bond shit or that's when they were shilling for the government. But when they were shilling for the movie, they were fighting yeah. Nazis. So, uh, huh? They're, they're, they're fighting literal Nazis. So, uh, I'm willing to give them a pass. Yeah. On that. Okay. That's true. You're right. They're fighting literal Nazis. Um, so they were always there and there's always a place for that. And there's always been a place for like journalists on the left. Um, but I feel like there's again, back to this disconnect. People don't know, fucking understand their role or don't fucking know how to play the cards that they have correctly. And, I I wish there was a pamphlet, and there probably is a pamphlet for this shit, because there's so many pamphlets. There's so. There's always a pamphlet. <laughs> always. Um. But. Yeah, I just hope motherfuckers get their act together. Yeah, it's 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 real. It's almost. I remember like. I, I agree with it. There's a lot of folks who were like, oh, this person's kind of interesting. Like, And then they just showed their full ass on this. And it's like, ah, come on. I thought you were better than this. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, just to start, just a just a start shit. I I like uh, Brianna Joy Gray, who was the former like media, like like communications office like officer for the Bernie mm-hmm. campaign. Was it all of them? Uh, she started she started like a podcast with like a uh, uh, Virgil from Chapel Trap mm-hmm. House, and like it's it, I listen to it. it's like it's all right for the most part. It's like whatever. It's it's more of kind of Chapo's style of socialism in that it's more. You know, they, they occasionally talk about abolishing abolishing capitalism, but it's more talking about, like, welfare state stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. It has always been a pet peeve of mine, but uh, it's like, whatever, it's that. It's, it's that kind of stuff. Well, it's that kind of politics. Um, and then she then turns around and really heads into this Medicare, this whole force to vote stuff. And it's like, it makes me wonder, like, you were the communications officer for the Bernie campaign. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, what? Like, I, I kind of expected a little bit more, you know? Like, you, you should have had the experience to know how this works. And it's like, this isn't how this works at all. Um, well, but... You know, like... And, and, and again, like, it was mostly, like, about forcing DSA to do stuff, which, again, I'm like, I know she's a member... I'm pretty sure she hasn't. She doesn't like organize with DSA. She's just a paper member, because that's what a lot, like the vast majority of, of media folks are. Yeah. So, and for very there's there's like a, a structural reason why they're like that and they're paper members. But also, yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. you also got to remember, the she's not on the ground. She's adjacent to the person. No, she's you know right. I mean? She's not. She's not doing the actual organizing, like, or at least not the actual like down on the fucking floor going house to yeah, house she, shit. She's, she's not a field organizer. She posts. Yeah. So <laughs> she organizes the posting. Yeah. So she's doing exactly what she was trained to do and knows how to do. Um. So for her, to me, I'm like, okay. I, I'm not gonna say I give her a pass, but. I mean, she's she's working with what she knows how to do, but 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 it's without the, uh, the actual point. yeah um, grassroots kind of IRL organizing that's needed. Sure, I I agree with you on that, and that was kind of a it's a it's an issue, but I think also to where she finds herself in the whole structure of things she's going to be she has to be a cheerleader and hopefully she can use her voice to influence and i guess that's all but that's really all she got it's her voice to influence like force to vote um so if there was more connection to maybe rank and file in dsa yeah there could be a big push to do it but all the utterly like the tactic as well but i think the the plan to try to implement or force implement implementation of the tactic it was flawed and it was going to fail from the jump and this is going to happen again and we'll probably have another conversation about it. it'll be something different but we'll be like uh this twitter thing 
Maybe it was right, or maybe it would be like this I'm, is I'm, stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm erring more on the. This was a huge distraction from like actual organizing. <laughs> like it's 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 useful to like connect people, but if you don't do anything beyond that, if you don't, if all you do is post memes and you know dunk on reactionaries or uh, just talk about how much you hate capitalism, like okay, that's like cool. Like yeah, you, we can. St- that's a good start, but if that's all it is. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. Yeah. All right, gang. We have come to the end of another episode. Um, I would like to encourage all of you to follow us on Twitter at movement underscore color. And, you know, if you feel it in your heart, go to our Patreon site, patreon.com backslash movement of color. And uh, support us. Again, my name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo. And until next time, adios. Of color. Color.